Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Chicago will never, ever have to buy a meal there. And now he drills one deep to right field. There it goes. See ya. His first Yankee home run. Science, English, and history. That's called multidisciplinary strength. The 2-1 is drilled to deep right. Is it fair? Is it? It is a fair ball. It is a home run. Anthony Rizzo. Rizzo rakes in the right field seats. He homers to give the Yankees a 4-2 lead. His second home run in as many games as a Yankee. Nobody beats the Riz. And that was another shot. The only question, as John said, was, was it, was it going to be foul? He hits the most majestic home runs. Alonzo at first and two out, and Baez gets one in the air yep. on the field. Winker going back, looking up, and it's out of here! Javi Baez with a two-run homer! A towering shot! His first home run is a New York bank. Well, he wanted his good, good buddy here to run with him. And he got him. And Javi Baez has just taken a curtain call. It's hit and run on 670 to score. It's Matt Spiegel here with you. Here's the truth about this moment and these situations. It is, it's completely normal to have a wild mix of feelings inside you that hurt that physically hurt my insides to hear the Baez home run to hear the crowd excited for Javi that was our guy that that physically hurt to have the great Susan Waldman looking at Rizzo home runs with some awe and some joy as we have for years that that was our guy it it it, it really did Hit me right there, deep within. Now, analytically, up in my head, I know this was, these, these were the right things to do. How they got here, whether this had to be the way that it ended, that's all debatable, of course. But this week in a bubble, Jed Hoyer did the right thing. Get what you can get for these guys. But, oof, that sucks. Um, true story that some of you know. Uh, years ago, 2015 offseason most prominently, I really wanted to trade Javier Baez, wanted to trade him to the Mets. They had just gotten swept by the Mets. And I was saying, man, they got to make a deal on some of these guys at the time. Remember, they had Baez and they had Russell and they had Jorge Soler. 
uh, all these guys, like, which one should you deal? Who should you trade? And I said, I wanted to trade Javier Baez for pitching. I wanted to send him to the Mets for one of their young arms, whether it was Steven Matz or Zach Wheeler, um, who might win National League Cy Young this year, believe it or not. But, But anyway, I'm like, I want to trade Javier Baez. And then he started being good, like real good. 2016, a little bit. 2017, woof. 2018, woof. And people were like, Speaks, you wanted to trade him. Remember that? And I said one, uh, one day on Twitter, hi, my name is Matt, and I once wanted to trade Javi Baez for pitching. Somebody made me a shirt, and I'm wearing it right now. I love this shirt. I've always loved it. It's, like, it's, a, it's a picture of, uh, of Javi, and it says, hi, my name is Matt, and I once wanted to trade Javier Baez for pitching. My wife's favorite player, by a mile, loved, loved him, still loves him. That was the guy. She's texting me during the show on Friday. Javi? No. Javi too? You're kidding me. She couldn't believe it. Heartbroken. And a lot of people were. But then, you know, I try to explain. I try to help. I try to offer some perspective and some reason and things like that. And she'll say, yeah, whatever. They traded Javi. How do you trade Javi? Okay, all right. Sorry. I was having the conversation. It's hard to do. Let's hear from Javier Baez. This is postgame after his home run with the Mets. There was a moment, by the way, in the ninth inning when Javi could have had a walk-off or he could have moved a base runner over, and instead he struck out. I saw somebody saying, well, that's the complete Javi experience. Well, no, there needs to be a great defensive play and some base running that breaks somebody's baseball soul and, and sends them out of the country, like that dude from the Pirates who literally quit Major League Baseball. Because Javi broke his soul. But here's Javi um, after his uh, Mets game and the home run as well. Javi Baez. Quite a first game in New York. First game with a new team. I imagine there aren't many better ways to, to start things off than with a home run of that magnitude. What did it feel when you connected on that one? What did it feel like as you were rounding the bases? Well... Just to walk, to walk to the play and, and see the love for the fans, you know, that's, that's what I play for. You know, I love you guys. This is my first time. Hopefully, we keep going far. Leave you with this. Since these fans have been chanting Javi all night, what can they expect to see from you as a New York Met down the stretch? Well, I'm going to bring my, my magic here, you know. I'm going to make them fun. We're going to compete, and hopefully we go far in the playoff. Man. That's Javi with the home run off of Wade Miley in the sixth inning. And on the highlight, they show his buddy, Francisco Lindor, going crazy, jumping up and down and screaming in the dugout. And those fans chanting Javi all night. Oh, God. That's our guy. What are you doing? It's our guy. Not anymore. Here's Anthony Rizzo. on the field post game after his second Yankees game, both of which included him hitting a home run. How is that process getting to know everyone, getting acclimated with all your new teammates in the new system? Uh, it's a little harder, just everyone's clean shaved, so you got a lot of guys looking alike. Um, but it's just a day to day thing. You know, you come in and uh, you just learn a little more every day and uh, can't force everything, so you just, just let it happen naturally and organically. But um, you know, to come in and, and win two games uh, is big, and it's, uh, 
it's definitely nice to, to come out on the winning side. You've only been here two days, but you've made quite an impact already. Two home runs, five runs scored. How meaningful is it for you to get off to a good start with your new team? It definitely helps just to be able to relax a little bit, uh, just kind of settle in. Um, you know, definitely whenever you get hits, it always helps uh, with everything. But, you know, you just got to stick to your routine. That's what I've been doing. And, uh, and when, you, when, when you go to uncharted territory and familiar places, you just go with what you, you know and your, uh, your routines, and that's what I rely on. It's Anthony Rizzo um, talking about the clean-shaven guys with the Yankees. Everybody kind of looks alike. Texter says, as a 60-year-old lifelong Cub fan, I look at these guys as like my kids. I will always support them way more than I will support a Ricketts or a Tribune company. All right, so what does that mean? Do you not gonna, are you not going to go to the games? Uh, are you going to support them by watching them out of town? How does that manifest? You know, you could put together your own fantasy team. You could go play daily fantasy sports, daily fantasy baseball. Grab yourself a Rizzo and a Baez. Chris Bryant likely to play for the Giants for the first time today. He has not been there yet, has not spoken, and has not been uh, on the field. That should happen today. Yes, Texter, I did notice Anthony Rizzo wearing his Cubs batting gloves with the Yankees in his first game. And the spikes, too, right? The Cubs spikes. It's just... It's just it's it's just so awkward, so weird to see them, to see him with that Yankee Road uniform and that matte black helmet. He's such a good fit for what they need. I mean, where do, where do you see Kyle Schwarber, Red Sox first baseman? Where, where do you see that? He's played first what once in his life, I believe, one game for Kyle Schwarber in the big leagues, and the Red Sox traded for him. They're going to make him a first baseman because they wanted Anthony Rizzo. But they could not get Anthony Rizzo. And part of that is because Jed Hoyer did what you're supposed to do at the deadline, which is pit two rivals in the same division against each other, the Red Sox and the Yankees, and get them battling with each other. And then Jed Hoyer and the Cubs paid all the money on Anthony Rizzo's contract, just as the Rangers did with Joey Gallo's contract to get a higher level of prospect back from the Yankees. Because big market teams still need you to cover the remaining salary so they don't go over the collective, uh, or sorry, the luxury tax, the competitive balance tax, as it is. They don't want to go over it. So you saw small market teams or, you know, whoever is the trade partner, for the most part, picking up all of the money. That's what you have to do. So the prospects they got from the Yankees, Alexander Viscaino is one of them. That is a 24-year-old pitcher. He was um, grabbed by the Yankees at age 19. He has uh, had bad stats in the minors at different times along the way, but he still has this 24-year-old who's now in South Bend, a huge fastball, and a great changeup. Double-plus grades is what he earns with those pitches when they're at his best. He's like 94 to 98 on the fastball with a terrific changeup. I don't think he's going to be a starting pitcher because he doesn't have a breaking ball of consequence. So he's fastball change. Reliever. Those can be valuable. Those can be helpful. And maybe it will develop a breaking ball. Because remember now, the Cubs have a much better pitching infrastructure than they even did a few years back. 
Tommy Hadovy and Mike Borzello for the big league club, Craig Breslow and all those pitching guys in the pitch lab stuff. Maybe they can help Alexander Vizcaino. And the other guy they got is an outfielder, very young, Kevin Alcantara. And Alcantara is now 11th on the prospect list for the Cubs. He's 19 years old. He's six foot six. Was a 16-year-old signee from the Dominican for the Yankees. Uh, a very, very good runner. A very good defensive center fielder with long strides. The goal is to get him to add strength and power. But real good baseball IQ, real good work ethic. And built like a young Dexter Fowler is some of the shorthand for Kevin Alcantara. In exchange for Javier Baez, some of you were asking, Pete Crow Armstrong is the main prospect that came back. Pete Crow Armstrong went to Harvard Westlake High, same high school as Giolito and Freed and Jack Flaherty. His parents uh, are actors. Ashley Crow and Matthew Armstrong, they were actors both in the TV show Heroes, among other things. His mom was in Little Big League. I don't know if you're a fan of Little Big League. I didn't. I I was not, maybe a little too old for Little Big League, but his mom was in that. And then this kid, Pete Crow Armstrong, was one of the best high school players in the country and then uh, was drafted 19th overall last year by the Mets. So first-round draft pick for the Mets. He played six games in the Mets system and then tore his labrum and his non-throwing shoulder in a base-running play. We've seen that. But this is a great pure hitter. A very quick left-handed swing, line drives everywhere. Not sure how much power will come, but a very good developed hitter for a high school kid. And now at age 19, has top-of-the-order batting upside possibility, but even better than that as a center fielder. So both he and Alcantara, two 19-year-olds with big-time center field gloves and gold glove potential in center field. Good reads, good routes for Pete Crow Armstrong, real good arm strength. This from the MLB.com prospect write-ups. So, interesting pieces who can develop and be part of the next great Cubs team. They'll fill that in with money, with spending on free agents and other guys. 312-644-6767 is the phone number. We will go back to the phones right now and talk to Phil in Newburgh, Indiana. Phil, what's up? You're on Hit and Run this morning with me and Matt Spiegel. How you doing? Hey, great. How are you doing? Very good. Thanks. You know, so what, what have people been saying for years, right? The offensive is broken. There's too yes. much swing and miss in the lineup. Yes. So now we fix that problem. And people are upset. I'm sure Yeah, everybody loves these guys, right? They fell in love with their personalities. But if you can just look at the baseball portion of this, this had to be done, right? I mean, other than Rizzo, there's a lot of swing and miss with those guys. There's a ton of swing and miss with those guys. Um, there have been unbelievable failings in the postseason when real good pitchers know exactly how to attack these guys as a collective, and they have dominated them, dominated them. And so, yes, this has changed, but it's, it's, it's going backwards. The, the hard part for people is both the emotions of trading these guys and the acknowledgement that they're not going to win this year, that they're not going to win next year. And, yes, they still want you to come to the ballpark. But that's up to you. You do what you want. 
But, yeah, it, 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 it does need to be changed. And if you look at all these guys that are getting acquired, some of the, the players I was just talking about, some of the hitting profiles, the kid from Oakland, Greg Dykeman, um, certainly Nick Madrigal. Obviously, is it a bit of an overcorrection in terms of Madrigal? Maybe, but it is a correction. It is a serious correction. Jed Hoyer has seen the problems, and he doesn't want a team like that. He also knows the guy who's working very closely with the commissioner on a wide array of new rules that will benefit contact hitters. So he sees where the game is going. And yes, it's a very important point to remember. If you have been frustrated for a couple of years, all these guys do is swing and miss. If you've bought in when people like me have said you need to diversify the the lineup, if you bought in when Ron Coomer says, you know, it's got to become cool to make contact for these people. You're talking about Baez and others. There there will be more contact hitters of consequence on next year's Cubs team than there has been in a while. Horner and Madrigal first. I don't know if they'll keep Duffy. I don't know, but some of the prospects that come up, we might see Greg Dykeman towards the end of this year or early next year. That's more of a contact bat, even though he's got some power. He's made the concerted effort and made the change to be more of a contact guy. Jed is looking to acquire people who do not need to be taught the kind of skills that they've been trying to teach their guys for a while. All right, when we come back, let's talk about um, the hero of last night's loss. I mean, Sebi needs some love. Holy hell. Where did that come from? We'll talk about that, talk about Michael Kopech a bit, and take much more of your phone calls from White Sox fans and Cub fans alike. Dave Stewart at the top of the 11 o'clock hour. Matt Spiegel with you here for another hour or so before Cubs pregame on 670 The Score. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The Step Back 3, you bet! Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. A left 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. 2-0. and oh. Semi Zavala cranks this one to left field. Ramirez back at the wall. Semi Zavala one more time. This one's a slam! The night of a lifetime for Sebi Zavala! I said the other day, what the hell is going on? 
here's what's going on is that Sebi Zavala is the first major leaguer in history to hit his first home run as part of a three home run game. Nobody's ever done that. He announced his presence with authority. He started his career five for 40 in the big leagues, but what a beautiful pitch framer this kid is. Oh, like butter. And even better than butter, like just, what's better than butter? Olive oil? Truffle oil? I don't know. Just gorgeous the way that he does that. Fabulous receiver. First homer off a 92-mile-an-hour fastball, straightaway center from Tristan McKenzie. The grand slam, same pitch, 92-mile-an-hour fastball, a little more inside, and he yanks it down the line and left. Third home run off a 91-mile-an-hour cutter, and he hits it the other way. He scored again later on an Abreu single in the hole to make this a one-run game late. That game was bananas. There will be lots of time to think about the details of specific games. I could do two hours on that game alone last night. It was crazy. But you still have an eight-game lead, and there are bigger storylines. Something from last night is Michael Kopech giving up hard contact to lots of guys after some very good, very long at bats. Five runs on five hits in one inning for Michael Kopech. He had given up two earned runs in the 15 innings before that. Tony La Russa thought after the game that maybe something was going on. And Sebi Zavala was asked about that as well. What's wrong with Kopech, Sebi? Sebi, you were uh, behind the plate for kind of an uncharacteristic night for Kopech. From your perspective, what were you seeing as he kind of struggled through his appearance tonight? Yeah, you know, um, I was a little, uh, I was a little worried halfway through because I, Kopech, I mean, he was making some really good pitches. I, I believe it was to uh, Miller, if I remember right. Um, he was making some really good pitches, and they were taking him and. You know, I'm gonna check out the video, see uh, see if they had anything on him or, or what was going on, because uh, there's some pitches that should should have got a little bit more of a check swing or 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 like uh, they look they look too good off of him. I don't know what it was yet, but we'll look into that. How about that? So that is a straight up guess that they were either stealing signs or just tipping that Michael Kopech was tipping and making it obvious. He's talking about some of those breaking balls just off the edge that should be swing and miss pitches. And he's wondering why they weren't. So that is very, very interesting. Something to watch. They'll figure it out um, if that is indeed the case. Michael Kopech is a very important part of that bullpen and an outrageous, outrageous component to add in to Kimbrell and Hendricks. And watching Tony La Russa manage that bullpen the rest of the way is going to be absolutely fascinating. 670 The Score is where you are. It's Matt Spiegel here with you broadcasting live from the Scores Hyundai Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. Stan is in Bellwood and is optimistic about the White Sox. Marty in Highland Park said, I don't know about these guys. And Stan, what do you think about that, sir? Oh, Steve. Well, first of all, how are you, my friend? I haven't talked to you in a while. I Great am to be a, a baseball fan, isn't it? Oh, man. It's, it's an unbelievable time. Whatever... Whatever um, confluence of factors led to the insanity at this deadline from the national perspective needs to be duplicated at all costs for baseball going How forward. How about it? How about it? Never seen anything like it. Hey, um, it is funny, isn't it, how two people can look at something and see entirely 
two entirely different things. Uh, uh, you're right. I wanted to circle back to your uh, uh, earlier conversation with uh, Marty, who I miss uh, hearing uh, on the yeah. score, the longtime score guy. And I don't take anything he says lightly uh, about the White Sox or baseball in general. But I am in an entirely different place than he is regarding the White Sox now, especially in regards to uh, uh, them blowing the lead in the Central to Cleveland. Um, I didn't pick the White Sox to win the American League. Uh, this year, especially when uh, Eloy went down way back uh, uh, at the beginning. I, I landed someplace else, I think on Toronto. Mm-hmm. But now here we are on uh, August 1st heading into the stretch run. I wouldn't change places with anybody right now in the American League. Now, the American League is so deep and so tough. It's not like the National League where you can point to one particular team as being the best. But I like everything that Rick Hahn did uh, over the last couple of days. And he didn't just fill needs. Uh, he checked every box and every move that he made was an upgrade. The White Sox bullpen is lethal now. Um, Cesar Hernandez uh, improves the White Sox on both sides of the ball. He provides a compliment yep. for Tim Anderson at the top of the lineup. And he, you know, the White Sox do have some issues with their infield defense, but they're better now. Uh, it, it, uh, their infield defense is upgraded. Um, uh, Eloy is back ahead of schedule. Uh, Grandal and Luis Robert are both coming back soon. Uh, I wouldn't change places with anybody. Uh, in the American League, uh, the, the American League East is uh, those teams there are just too good. I wouldn't sleep on the Astros. I mean, they actually may have fortified their bullpen even more than the White Sox did. So I don't know. I can't really point to the White Sox and say they're the best team now. But the White Sox are as armed for battle going, you know, going into uh, October as any team in the American League. I wouldn't change places with anybody. And uh, the only place uh, where they lost me was uh, in putting Eloy right back in the outfield. I don't know why you would do that. Uh, you know, that's dumb and unnecessary, but I'm not going to, you know, cloud my mind, you know, with uh, uh, with a lot of hate on that for now because they did too many good things. Uh, the White Sox are actually going to go, you know, uh, into late season here, a fresh team, a deeper team, and they're not going to be beaten up like the teams in the uh, uh, in the East and the West, you know, playing each other every night. Every every game is going to you know be like the playoffs for Tampa and the Yankees and you know Toronto and um, uh, and Boston. And then uh, there's still a race there between Houston and Oakland. So I think the White Sox can get better, but you know they can use everybody, and they will be a fresher team going into the, uh, the mm-hmm. playoffs. So- Thank you, Stan. Appreciate it. Um, yeah, you know, and you'll have that age-old debate about whether it's it, it better to play meaningful games in those final couple weeks or be resting everybody and setting your rotation. Just about every manager in the game would choose the latter. Um, Eloy Jimenez, by the way, with that sore groin, not in the lineup again today. The lineup is out for the White Sox, and again, there is no Eloy. Um, I want you to, while, while we grab the lineup and, and talk about it, I want you to listen to Tony La Russa 
yesterday on Inside the Clubhouse talking about Eloy. Um, and this was with our own Bruce Levine and David Haw talking about Eloy's injury and when he might be back. An update on Eloy. Yesterday when he reported he had improvement. I mean, it's going to be a day-to-day thing. We're anxious to see him today. Uh, he, you know, there's no doubt he will not play today. You know, probably just to be careful. If he's really improving, wouldn't play tomorrow and off to Monday, maybe get him in there Tuesday. So the, the, the fans should know that uh, he is making an improvement, but we got to go step by step because when we get him back, we want to keep him back. When we get him back, we want to keep him back. Soft tissue injuries, um, tricky. You better make sure you are fully healthy. They've got a big lead. Take your time. Um, Billy Hamilton on the injured list today as Jimmy Lambert got called up because he's going to be the starting pitcher uh, this evening, or excuse me, this afternoon as the Indians and the White Sox uh, will battle at 110. Jimmy Lambert, your pitcher against Cal Quantrill of the Indians. But remember when Adam Engel came back from the hamstring and hurt himself again. You got to be careful with that stuff. Take your time. Boy, Eloy in the outfield. We don't know exactly when he heard it, right, Sean Anderson? I don't think we have specifics of exactly when and how Eloy heard it, but it wasn't a game where he was the DH again. It wasn't in the outfield game when he hit the big home run late. I so, think so, yeah. It was, yeah. I think it was after the, the, his theatrics uh, in, in Kansas City, then they announced the injury. Yeah, it was, it was, after, it was after the next game. I think he, he left that game, if, um, if, if memory, memory serves. He, he was removed late, yeah, removed late from Wednesday, Wednesday's game with tightness in the groin. Here's your White Sox lineup. Tim Anderson will lead off, and it's short. Cesar Hernandez starts at second and is a switch hitter. Will be hitting lefty in that lineup, adding the two-hole. Then it's Abreu at DH. Gavin Sheets at first base. Uh, that's the position he was drafted to play. Uh, now he's added the outfield, but he's a first baseman by trade. Yuan Moncada at third. Engel is in center field. Brian Goodwin is in right. Leori Garcia is in left field. No Andrew Vaughn today. And Sebi Zavala is your catcher. Andrew Vaughn with a great dive on a, a fly ball in the outfield, but he missed it yesterday. Brian Goodwin with a terrible throw way up the line to allow a run to score from right field. Goodwin attempted to steal a home run, uh, jumped up for it at the right field wall. I think that was against Chang. Um, And then he dropped the ball and could not find it. Led to a triple and two more runs scored. Um, Be very interesting, some of the uh, big choices that will have to be made in the outfield with a healthy Luis Robert when he comes back. And Jake Lamb is not far away from forcing the White Sox hand. A decision will have to be made there as well. There's a Yankees lineup that includes leadoff hitter Anthony Rizzo today. First time at leadoff for Anthony Rizzo. He's got a career OPS of just under 1,000 as a leadoff hitter. Greatest leadoff hitter in history, right? Meanwhile, the Cubs lineup has Rafael Ortega leading off and playing center field. He's been really good of late, has Ortega, hitting 395 since the All-Star break. Yesterday, um, a hit the other way. Steals a base, scores a run, the home run later. Ortega getting a chance. It's Ortega, then David Bodie, then Ian Happ in the three hole, hitting a buck 80. What is wrong with Ian Happ and can it be fixed? My goodness. Baez Pat- batting cleanup for the Mets today, too. Baez in the cleanup hole for the Mets. Oh, God. Patrick Wisdom in the cleanup hole for the Cubs. 
Sergio Alcantara is the shortstop, hitting eighth for the Cubs. He's got a batting average of 191. Robinson Chirinos is the catcher. Matt Duffy, I still have Matt Duffy fever, but it's a very, very mild case right now. Uh, Jason Hayward is in right. I'm all over the place in the lineup. Albert Alzali is the pitcher. Cub pregame coming up at around 11.30. I got a Matt Duffy fever. <laughs> I do. On 670, the score. Let's take one more call before we uh, hop on out of here and take a break. This is Bill and Joliet on the score. Bill, good morning. You're on Hit and Run. How you doing, man? I wanted to talk about Wilson Contreras. I think they should extend him for as long as he wants and how much he wants. Uh, three weeks ago, I started thinking about this. I knew that uh, they were going to trade Javi and Brian, and I was going to give Rizzo uh, to sit down and work out a take-it-or-leave-it contract after the season was over. That being said, uh, Javi must be thinking, he said, Am I going to be gone at the same time next year? Uh, they shouldn't make the same mistake they made with these other guys and, and wait to the last minute and not sign him anyway. I think they should just lock in uh, Wilson Contreras. Thank you, Bill. Appreciate the call. I'll tell you what, um, next year is going to be an awkward one for Wilson as he is in the prime of his career uh, for a team that really won't be very competitive, I suspect. Next year, um, there could be some Cub people that fight back on that, but I'm going ahead and granting them a year of non-competition uh, next year as they as they reset things. Um, yeah, you know, re-sign Wilson. You invest in a catcher, invest in the body of a catcher. His uh, his passion and his work ethic is phenomenal. And if they want to do that, I would I would absolutely love to see that. It's a very tricky situation. I don't know how they feel about Miguel Amaya. I, I suspect in spring training they'll take a good hard look at Miguel Amaya and figure out if that's a guy they're willing to slot in, then maybe you deal Contreras and you get a lot for him. So we'll have to see. I, I would advocate for keeping him and Kyle Hendricks as your bridge guys both for fan interest and also for excellence and teaching the Cubs way and all of that, you know, uh, making sure that everybody plays with the passion and the work ethic that Wilson Contreras plays with. So I'm all for keeping him. 670, the score is where you are. Some great texts that have come in that we've kept and more of your phone calls along the way. Uh, Dave Stewart at the top of the hour coming up here as well. And when we come back, you'll also hear the two closers talking about playing with each other and for each other on the score. Turn two. Here we go. In the air. Right side. Abreu makes the catch. Liam Hendricks was lethal tonight. And the Sox, with a big eighth inning, take the opener against second place Cleveland. Liam Hendricks closing it out the other night in the Abreu dust-up game. It's hit and run. Me, Matt Spiegel here with you on 670 The Score. Dave Stewart at the top of the hour on his baseball life, working with Tony La Russa, playing for Tony La Russa, being a badass pitcher on the mound with a massive presence and, you know, getting traded. The state of things in the game today. Looking forward to a conversation with Smoke, Dave Stewart. At the top of the hour, Liam Hendricks said that he wasn't pitching angry enough. He had given up the eight home runs 
and coming to that game on Friday night, he, he said he wasn't pitching angry enough, and after the game, he talked about it, mentions his wife as well. Uh, I recognized something, or more importantly, my wife recognized something in Kansas City about it just looked like I was a little bit too complacent or not angry enough, and I took that and kind of ran with it a little bit because it, I recognized it as well, and it was one of those things where I wasn't pissed off enough. Sometimes you just need to force it a little bit from the get-go, and the situation, the, the everything that kind of transpired last night helped along those lines, but... Um, yeah, there was definitely a little bit more aggression there. There was definitely a little bit more uh, attack mode, which is what I needed to be a little bit. I needed some more conviction behind the pitches. And uh, for, yeah, there was, it was one of those, it was definitely um, thought through before. And that was just lucky. I mean, the White Sox have done a fantastic job in making my entrance pretty electric. So I'm excited about running into the light show and everything like that now. They've done a good job with it. Yeah, big time light show on Friday night, man. <clears throat> that was intense. And fun. I just saw like video on on uh, on Twitter of like what it was like there between innings. <clears throat> that was that was quite something. Um, Liam Hendricks and Craig Kimbrell now have to coexist. Two of the best closers in the game. How will they coexist? Kimbrell talking about it before the game yesterday. First, he mentioned his relationship with Liam Hendricks. Because because I don't think there's a precedent for this, folks, of uh, a team with a top three closer in the game trading for another top three closer and, and all of a sudden having them clash. It's not like the Nasty Boys when you developed with all these different guys in the same way. This is one a team with a great one getting another great one. Here's Kimbrell on his relationship with Liam. Yeah, I've known Liam for a couple of years, um, just meeting him from the other side of the diamond and and talking to him. And, uh, you know, our wives actually know each other really well. So, um yeah, he's you know his personality is is a lot of fun, and uh, I can already tell he's fun to be around. So, um, uh, like I said just a minute ago, uh, there's a lot of games to be won, and it's going to be a lot of fun to be had. Uh, Kimberl had said he just wants to help the team win, and then was asked about his relationship with the rest of the bullpen, including Ryan Tapera, a teammate now north and south. That pressure is there. It may not be surrounded in the ballpark, but the pressure on the individual to go out there and do the job. I mean, that doesn't change uh, whichever role you're in. So um, I think, like you said, sharing that and uh, having those relationship with those guys in the bullpen, and we all we all all have that in common. Like we're grabbing the ball and giving everything we got. So I think that's. I mean, I think that's why you usually see most bullpens that, that get along pretty well is because of that commonality. Uh, it's Craig Kimbrell talking about the relationship with the rest of the bullpen. Liam Hendricks was asked about coexisting with Kimbrell. Any egos out there, Liam? Yeah, I mean, he's been around. He's done this for a, 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 lo a long time. I think he immediately comes into the guy with the most amount of service time on our team. And, I mean, I guess they had enough of the uh, the, the seeing the signs with a straight arm. They wanted to go to the bent arm. So, um <laughs> Uh, no, I'm, I'm excited. I don't like whatever the way it calls down there. I mean, I'm just, I'm just waiting for the phone to ring and whatever that, whenever they call my name, I'll be ready to go. And that's what it takes. But, uh, we have no egos out there. There's no one who's going to be pissed off at a, the diminished role or anything like that. I don't think any of us care. We just want to win. And that's what we're going for now. That's pretty huge. That's, uh, if that's the case, that's what they have to do. It's what they're going to have to do. Hendricks has the, uh, loan save opportunity so far, uh, but Kimbrell pitched last night and was great. Hendricks talked about Kimbrell's experience being a great thing for that bullpen. 
It gives you the ability to shorten the game a little bit. Obviously, nothing's ever like a given, nothing's ever confirmed or anything like that. But uh, having guys out there that have had a decent amount of success and even with Craig, he's got a ring. There's a reason he's got a ring. There's a reason he was able to do it then and and he's going to be able to do it now. And what's what uh, we added the playoff experience and that's something that's invaluable to a team. So uh, that is Liam Hendricks talking about Kimbrell's experience. And once more on the roles in the bullpen. How's this going to work, Liam? We had a meeting yesterday, and uh, yeah, as, as Tony said yesterday, we have a plan. Um, I'm assuming he spoke to Craig yesterday, and we were going like they went over it. But I'm uh, I'm not going to delve into that too much. I mean, it's uh, it's the analytical observation. You can go out there and uh, we'll, we'll see who gets the ninth whenever when we're, whenever we're both available. But at the end of the day, it's uh, I'm just excited about having a guy out there that I can lean on, that I can um, talk to about stuff. And now we've got a couple veterans out there that. Uh, I've been around for a while and now I can hopefully he may have and have guaranteed he has a different philosophy on pitching than I do. And that could resonate a lot with some of the younger guys as well, which is nothing but good for the bullpen. That's really cool. Uh, so one thing that Tony La Russa said is that you're going to start seeing those guys used in tie games or even in games where they might be trailing by a run. This is the benefit of having those guys is you don't have to just save people for your even or ahead moments. And hopefully that means less of Jose Ruiz, and hopefully that means more of Kopech and Kimbrell and Hendricks. This text from Caneville Gal, I had a great seat to the White Sox game Friday night against Cleveland. The Sox strobed the stadium lights as Hendricks ran to the mound. The result was exhilarating. He pitched with a lot of emotion. It carried over to us in the seats. I hope they use that for anyone who comes in as a closer. Awesome moment. That's great. That's a, that's, that's a beautiful thing. Um, all right, it's your job now, Sox. Sox promotions, Sox marketing, Sox fans. You have to carry the torch for exciting baseball of consequence the rest of the year, and I suspect most of next year. Texters getting in on the Cubs situation. Here are a few. No team has ever ripped my heart out like this. Followed those dudes and the freaking minors. Cubs made them the fall guys for their inability to put together a complete roster. It's the scouting. They didn't scout well. And now they've revamped their scouting and development. Hopefully they are scouting better, developing better, and they're building the next team. I understand. Here's a text. Not lying. I put all my Cubs gear in storage. Haven't even checked a box score. I'm not coming back. Watching the Sox. My hat shows up Tuesday. Bam! That's a switchover right there. Is he welcome? Or she welcome, Sean? Or Sox fans, are you welcoming the crossovers at this point? So what I said was bandwagons. Uh, it's different if it's a bandwagon. It's different if it's a change of heart. If you're if you're just because the Cubs are losing and the Sox are winning, you're changing. That's different. But if you're you know you're not a fan of the organization anymore, then uh-huh. change of heart fans are allowed. Bandwagons, eh? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's th- that's fair. Um, I, I would argue though that bandwagons. That's this is how teams get big fan bases. Why do you think there are so many San Francisco 49er fans all over the country? Oh, I'm not against bandwagon fans. I'm just saying, like for for those for this people, particular, yeah, yeah like that person dynamic. putting their cup stuff in storage. That's a change of heart. They don't want to see uh, that anymore because it breaks them up. Yeah. Uh, this texture says, "I'm going to buy a jersey of all of these players on their new teams: Yankee Rizzo jersey, Mets Baez jersey." Yeah, we're going to see those. We'll see those. I think we'll see some of them at Wrigley at the next homestand if they can order them and get them back by then. Woof. Texture says, well, we knew it was going to happen. I just signed up for MLB Extra Innings, so now I can watch everyone from the Cubs on their other teams. I couldn't be happier for them. See, there are. it's interesting. There's just a wide array of reactions. Uh, reactions. There's a lot of people angry out there. 
a lot of people hurt. And then there's some people who say, God, I've been watching the last few years. You know, uh, I was tired of this team a couple years ago, says a texter. Inconsistency, strikeouts, refusing to make adjustments. Thanks for 2016, but no thanks for the last three years. It is Matt Spiegel here with you on Hit and Run on 670 The Score. We will step away, come back, and talk to Dave Stewart before Cubs pregame at 1130 on The Score. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.